0: Oh, hello, I didn't see you there. This is Dr. Thaddeus Venture, and you're listening to the Long Box Guys. Whatever that means.
1: The long box guys going to do tonight, brain.
0: The same thing the long box guys do every night, Peaky. Drink and talk about comics. They're useless to taking over the world. Yes.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's podcast. The long box guys. With me, as always, are some of my very best friends since I was a very little kid. Are we Are going to just ignore that?
2: Are we? Are we? Is that what we're all doing? We're just going to ignore that?
1: Sure. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Mikey. Take it away! Do the intro! Go!
2: No, no. I want you to do the intro. I'm not trying to steal your job. My job as the producer is to edit out fuck-ups. Which I don't do. <laughs>
1: I'll start over. Hey everybody, welcome to the Logbox, guys! With me as always are some of my very best friends since I was a very little kid, Stacy. First off, Nice hair. Second of all, how you doing? and What are you drinking?
3: <laughs> I'm doing great, thank you. Um, and you know what I'm drinking? Water in the Frankenstein cup.
1: Yeah, you know it's like like every single morning uh, I ask my wife how she takes her coffee. It's always the same thing, black. But it's that it's those little things you do to drive your wife nuts that makes marriage good. <laughs> Cause fuck her. Josh, how you doing? Or what are you drinking?
0: Okay. I'm doing pretty good, and I'm having a extra dry hopped uh, beer called what is it called? Perfect Storm. Uh, it's uh, two of my favorite hops in here. It's a big old beer, and uh, it's delicious.
1: And you're drinking out of the cool chimay glass. I love those glasses. I am. Tommy, how you doing? What are you drinking tonight, buddy?
4: I am doing okay. I am drinking some old camp American whiskey. And I know it's smooth because it says so on the bottle. Right on the bottle. How are you doing? Me. How are you doing, Tom? What are you drinking?
1: Uh, I'm drinking mostly soda. I do have a little bit of uh, Black Label left, just a just a scone. So I'll just be hitting that right from the bottle, uh, whatever I damn well please. And uh, I drank a little too much last night by accident. You guys ever do that? Like my wife, oh, yeah. made me a, yeah, yeah. she made me a couple of drinks, and then I was playing World of Warcraft, and then, oh, I'm drunk. So uh, that happened. Mikey, how are you, and what are you drinking?
2: I'm doing well, and I'm drinking a 12-year-old bourbon called Eagle Rare.
1: Eagle Rare. That sounds delicious. (laughs) It is is delicious. Very opulent. Opulent. Uh, Speaking of opulent, did anyone watch uh, John Oliver this week?
3: No, No, I forgot it came back.
1: It came back, and they're talking about one of our favorite places on the planet that's not too far from where we are, Lyme, Connecticut, home and birthplace of Lyme disease carried by what natural group? predator?
2: The deer. The tick. The tick.
1: That's right, the tick. Are we calling ticks we... predators?
2: They're apex predators, buddy.
1: They're apex predators, man. What What kills a tick? Fire! <laughs> it's like, it's like The only thing that kills a tick is fire, buddy. Actually, I think there's some birds that eat them, right? Uh, possums. possums. Possums eat them. Possums eat them, yes.
0: Plenty of birds.
1: How come How come there was never a possum character that just crushed the tick? That would have been great. Was there? Well, we're going to get into that in just a minute, because today we're talking about the tick. <laughs> oh! And today, taking the reins is going to be our good friend Joshua Hopper. Tell us everything you know about the tick. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, all sorts of things about the tick, uh, the comic book, and all the TV shows, so... So Josh, dazzles.
0: So uh, back in 1986, an 18-year-old Ben Edland, a local to most of us here in Massachusetts, went to the uh, Massachusetts Institute of Art. Uh, grew up in Pembroke, Mass. And when I met him, was living in Stoughton, Mass. Uh, he created this character, and it started out as I think it was only like an eight-issue run was the original. Or the original it was uh, it was '86. A, our, our friend The Tick is a big, blue, uh, nigh-invulnerable uh, idiot who is uh, who's trying to be a hero in a city where there are the most ridiculous villains in all of villainhood. What's up?
1: I just wanted to add, I hate and both love it when someone says nigh-anything. Because that just means not. Yeah.
0: Right. yeah. So he's yeah.
3: not invulnerable.
0: No, he is. But no, nine means, yeah. means nearly. Nye
3: means nearly.
0: Oh, near.
1: means nearly. I always thought nigh just meant not. No, like I, if I somebody says the something.
3: end is nigh, it means the end is near.
1: Oh, all right, well, I've learned something new. So nigh actually just means nearly. nearly. Okay.
0: But we don't yep. know what that not nearly is, because as far as we know, the tick is mostly uh, uh, in the original comics. But anyway... The tick uh, meets up with his his tiny diminutive partner. Uh, uh, Why well, can't brains? Arthur. Him. Arthur, uh, who has a Mothman costume, which is pretty much the most useless sidekick—not the most useless sidekick—but he is a uh, he's a nigh useless sidekick. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hold on uh, a second. How El- isn't that not- a bunny uh, costume? Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry, the funny
1: costume. Josh, how uh, well can you fly?
0: <laughs> as well as that guy, sometimes even better. I call what? it falling. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he is a uh, a parody of a lot, but mostly he is a just like an insight into the sort of the into superhero culture through the lens of parody and comedy. He's a. It's it's wonderfully written, uh, and then out of that very small original series sort of spawns uh, the cartoon, which uh, Ben Evan was actually the the primary writer on for many years as well. Uh, two different uh, live action TV series, uh, and then uh, some various like off comics and whatnot. But uh, he's a he's a fantastic character. He was, I think. Treated best as a cartoon And uh, and I think everyone Has enjoyed him in various mediums And the, the comics were uh, were Pretty fantastic So That's the tick, Ben Edlin I don't, he's, yeah It's good
2: Is it Ben Edlin or Blake Shelton? I can never tell
0: I can never tell <laughs> or, or if it's uh, Robert Englund it's, uh, so <laughs> I, always, I used to confu- Confuse those two names And somebody would be like Freddy Krueger wrote the tick? And I'd be like No. No, I got that wrong. Let me wind that back, and I'm going to find that guy's name. But yeah.
1: Uh, And there's a lot to talk about and unpack. We could talk about favorite characters, which I'm sure we're going to do. What medium we liked him in best. I love the old cartoon, but I like the comic books a lot too. Uh, Of course, there was the two different live-action TV shows. Uh, So don't be afraid to uh, jump in any of those. Uh, But... Uh, also, a little bit about the rogues gallery. I mean, oh, that what yeah. that's what makes a villain. And uh, he has some great ones. Mike, why don't you tell us your favorite Tick Bad guy?
2: Oh, that's easily the bad ma- bom- the Mad Bomber. What bounds at midnight?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby, yeah! yeah baby, <laughs> baby, <mom. laughs> now, you based a wrestling character kind of off of that. Oh, yeah, the I giving, totally giving ripped group him grouping, off, yes. You totally ripped off the voice. Uh, so we used to have a wrestling company and he was like, give me, give me groupie. You want to do the give me, give me groupies voice? No, baby. No, <laughs> no, baby. No. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, you totally ripped it off. And I didn't realize that until just now, by the way, I was this year's old when I realized you stole that whole bit. <laughs> uh, but the Mad Bob that the bombs at midnight is a very straightforward character. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's right in the name. It's right it's in the a, name. And it's Sorry. a great episode of the animated series, which is basically all about the sidekick saving the day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, and one thing I liked about the Mad Bomber, what Bob's at midnight, uh, is he was very enthusiastic.
2: Like He yes. was happy to
1: be there. He oh, was, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, if someone's earnest, it's hard for me not to get behind them. <laughs> like, what are we doing? White supremacy? God damn it, but he's so earnest. <laughs> but, I hate you, but God, he's... He's really putting his heart into it, <laughs> Tommy. what was your favorite bad guy?
4: Well, I mean, uh, I love the Mad Bomber of wet bombs at midnight, but also I love the Breadmaster and his his partner in crime, Buttery Pan. Buttery Pan. Uh, I thought the idea of uh, different baked goods that were also explosive was just a a brilliant idea. <laughs> And, you know, now that I'm diabetic, it just makes total sense to me. Total sense.
1: They were always your enemy. They were always my enemy. <laughs> they still are. The war on baked goods started with me and end with me. Stace, how about you?
3: Um, so my favorite is, it, I guess he's technically not a villain, but Dinosaur Neal. Like, Chairface Chippendale tried to make him a villain. So if I had to pick a villain, I would pick Chairface Chippendale. He's the mastermind behind all of it.
1: He uh, Tom, was the the You know genius? who my favorite is. Yeah. <laughs> who is your favorite?
0: My favorite is actually a super a supervillain who's attached at the wrist to another supervillain, and of course, it's Handy the Hand Puppet attached to the human tongue. <laughs> Read a book. <laughs> he likes obs- he likes quoting obscure literature. <laughs> or, sorry, classic literature. Classic. And when nobody gets his references, of course, he demands that people go read a fucking book. It's, <laughs> it's really one of my favorite bits of all time.
1: Every time I, can't I anything, say. ever. Every time I say I prefer not to, and like, nobody knows what I'm talking about, I'm like, Melville, <laughs> Bartleby the Scrivener, read a book! Read a book! <laughs> every time! <laughs> I know Melville's not the easiest read out there, people, but come on, Bartleby and the Scrivener's—that's
2: a, that's a classic. Does Barry count as a villain? Barry? Yeah, the 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 brown tick.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, kind I of. Barely kind remember of... Barry. How can how can
4: you not remember Barry? He's from the Mad Bomber. What bombs at midnight? <laughs>
1: I, well, I was pretty on the mad bar.
2: <laughs> but Barry, Barry's actually the... Because
1: I'm is, making gravy without any
4: lumps.
2: Barry, <laughs> Barry has all the same powers. As, he's like the Tick. He, he's got a better costume than the Tick. It makes more sense. But <laughs> he, uh, his name, got, his whole identity was stolen by the Tick. Seems yeah. like he has a legitimate... Beef. That's all I'm saying. He has more
1: of a grudge than Yes, yeah.
2: and a fun, uh, I, fun Alex yeah. fact. The reason why the tick is blue is because they felt it popped better in the comic book. So that's why instead of it being brown or black, he's
1: blue. Makes total sense to
0: me. Uh, sense.
1: My favorite villain was more of a, a villain sidekick. Do you remember Tonguey?
0: Oh, Tong oh. Tong
1: Tong Tong.
0: He has but one tongue to taste with,
1: but he tastes everything. Imagine a world where you taste everything. People do not know this, but the tongue is the strongest muscle in the body. Oh, and tongue, sweet. tongue, 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 tongue. is all
0: tongue. <laughs> it was a great laugh. Yeah.
1: just a giant muscular tongue.
0: <laughs> yeah, he looked like a starfish, but he was a tongue. Yeah, tongue, tongue. Was awesome.
1: Who was in the sidekick? Guy? I forget. It
0: was. The, I can't remember the mad scientist's name who created yeah. tongue, tongue. But tongue, wow, tongue. yeah. That was a good episode, too.
1: Yeah. Imagine being on a subway. You tangst everything. Taw ton. <laughs> <laughs> uh and um uh I, well, we just like who was in the sunflower? The sunflower's cool. LC. Yeah, I love LCDs. <laughs> <Elfied.
3: laughs>
1: like this is uh, the craziest cast of characters of bad guys I've ever seen. And uh somehow it just worked. We just barely mentioned Chairface Chippendale, who had a face that was a chippendale chair
0: his head was yeah. literally a chair yeah
1: and uh, that was of course a throwback to a homage or maybe making fun of all the old characters from the dick tracy comic books
4: mm-hmm. yeah and also uh in one of the episodes he the tick faced off a a group of terrorists who had these kind of metal face plates and they were trying to make their demands, but nobody could understand what they were saying because they didn't have any mouth slits. So they had to write on giant cue cards what their demands were because nobody could understand what they were saying through these metal face plates.
1: It's like me almost last year trying to yell through the mask you have to wear when we're out and we're wearing Chinese food. Number seven, for the love of God, Seven.
0: So way back in the day I'm going to tell you my meeting Ben Edlin story uh, I was in college uh, Which was in Bridgewater State Which is in southeastern Massachusetts Which is right in the area where he grew up There's a mall there Called the Silver City Galleria I had parked I was walking through And there was a very large black sedan Which turned out to be a Chevy Impala And there was On the back of it holding up the logo for Chevy Impala was a chrome tick. The tick in chrome on the back of the car. And I saw the guy get out. I'm like, dude, that is fucking awesome. Like, where did you get that? And he's like, oh, somebody made it for me. I'm like, yeah, I get that. But who? Like, how could I get one? Like, this is... I, I need this. I need this in my life. He's like, no, like a fan made it for me. And I was like, like a fan? Because you're someone who, like, I, I do get the connection. He's like, I wrote the comic book. I'm like, that's awesome. I love your comic book. I love your cartoon. And uh, I was like, I don't want to, you know, take too much of your time, but, but seriously, where can I get the Chrome tick thing? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> have to stop it
0: right here. And then you kind of see, like, famous people that uh, deflate a little bit. I'm like, what? What? Can't buy one. Like they're not for sale. Uh, Yeah, it's not like I had something for the poor guy to sign in the parking lot of a mall. So I was expecting to see him at the time. I didn't even know he lived anywhere local. But then he told me his his mom still lived in Stone. And but he seemed like a perfectly nice guy who looked like Blake Shelton, willing to go into a mall in Taunton, Massachusetts. So, but uh, yeah, nice guy. Take take some balls. Yeah. Being mistaken for Blake Shelton in a ball in Eastern Mass. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> tough.
1: All right, well, uh, any other villains you want to mention? And then we'll go on to uh, the cast of many characters.
0: Uh,
1: who is, I liked who is Uncle Creamy. Uncle Creamy, another good one. Who is uh, Susan?
0: Oh, that's Frakazog.
1: Frakazog, that's
0: true. Frakazog was the alien, yeah, who uh, Tick's name, could he couldn't pr- pronounce his name, so... Uh, Yeah, that is usually the last thing I say to people, and of course they have no idea what I'm talking about.
1: If you can't remember someone's name, just say Susan. Susan. Now you're just just doing it on purpose. purpose. (laughs) You know, for cartoon from that far back, we we really had a lot of quotes. People forget that before there were memes, there were just guys sitting around a campfire screaming movie lines at each other at the top of our lungs.
0: (laughs) And honestly, I don't even know if it's available at all. The the tech cartoon, but way back when there was one guy online who, since if he charged you for it, he would have been breaking the law, so he only charged you for the actual, like, CD he copied it onto. He would copy every Tick episode onto a CD and mail it to you. Oh, Not, neat. and I have that somewhere. Um, but And I honestly, I don't know if you can get the where you can get the Tick cartoon today if you wanted to watch it. No idea. Did anybody? I've got anybody some on find that DVD. Out? Like, like an actual like you bought it on Amazon DVD or something?
4: Yeah, there's an actual DVD. All
0: right.
1: It must be a streaming service that. that uh, well, Amazon has the tit, the rights to it now, so maybe it's on Amazon Prime or something. Someone can take a look at that while we start talking about something else. No. Let's talk about some of the uh, the other folks, the cast of characters, and uh, the incredibly weird reason they changed one of their names. Mike, do you want to talk about that?
2: I do not. Are you talking about Batman Well?
1: Yeah, I am talking about Batman Well. I,
2: I don't know I, what you're I, talking
1: Batman. about. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to address the dumbing down of Batman Well.
2: You mean Deflator Mouse going to yeah. Batman Well?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Deflator Mouse was a character from the comic book, and also the cartoon. And yeah. Deflator Mouse was a, a Batman-ish kind of character, along with yes. American Maid. And they were other superheroes in uh, what was name? the city? I forget.
2: The city.
0: city?
2: No, it's okay. the city.
0: Oh, it the was. City. It was just in the city. City. Was yeah, city. Just city. By the way,
2: the Tick animated series is on Amazon Prime.
0: It is on there. I just yeah. Uh, yeah. Watching, yeah. Shit, I didn't know that. I would have started watching this. So, The Mouse, if people don't know, is a German opera about a German noble who uh, falls in love with a servant and has, and she refuses to. Or requite that, so it's unrequited love, so the Batman well American made thing is an allegory to a German opera, which of course nobody on the planet prior to the internet fucking understood.
1: But it's brilliant in a car. Oh, but it's brilliant.
0: It's, it's, br- it's brilliant and it's awesome and it's amazing. And uh, But yeah, there was like zero chance that anybody got that reference prior to the internet being a real thing. And in 1988 or 89 when he floated this idea you You didn't know what was going on,
1: <laughs> but Batmanuel makes almost as little sense as deflater
0: Mouse. not deflater Mouse makes a plenty of sense no, that's what I saying a, I like deflater just goddamn Mouse obscure
1: yeah, and you could have explained- you didn't even have to explain it you could have just said it's German opera that's no, expl- I, I mean that explains Batmanuel well, too
0: yeah, I didn't want to explain it to i didn't i didn't like.
2: I think what was probably happening that's is just
0: inexplicable.
2: A, a studio executive handed a note to say, I want a Batman parody. And well, that's, that that's my
1: guess. We yeah. had a Batman parody. It was called the Flater Mouse. He was already.
3: I think it's because people can't spell and they were spelling it like <laughs> Deflator mouse. Oh. So like, it was like a mouse that deflates and it was just, you know. I mean, I, I, I'm I, not condoning that they did it, but I understand it because a lot of people are stupid.
1: So. Uh, they changed American Maid's uh, name too, didn't they? Am I wrong about that?
3: No, not. she was uh, Captain Liberty. Captain
0: Liberty, yeah.
1: yeah that's terrible. Yeah. No fact.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, no nothing. Yeah.
1: nothing. Yeah. All right. So let me ask you this We're all agreed that the cartoon was the best representation of the comic book. Absolutely. Yes.
0: Absolutely. Yes. I mean, it was, yeah, it was definitely the... Honestly, I think it was the best medium altogether for the show.
1: I agree. i agree with that. I I, I like the comic books, but, man, that cartoon really got me.
0: I did, too. The comics were great. Uh, They did a lot more with ninjas in the comic book, and some of those bits were hilarious. Oh, my gosh. That's a whole lot of ninjas. I don't remember that hedge being there. I don't remember. Like, they... Yeah, they... They sort of like discarded that for the comic for the cartoon, but honestly, at the end of the day, the cartoon I think, yeah, throws its weight around way better than anything else in the uh, in the whole sphere of the Tick.
1: All right. anybody else want to talk about some of the other characters? We talked a little bit about Arthur. I thought he was uh, pretty good. I liked him. I think the best representation of Arthur was in the, in the uh, cartoon, but I think the second Amazon. Uh, TV show did author some more justice than the first TV show. Yeah. You guys think that's about right?
2: Yeah. And yeah. I think Ben Edlin was involved in the uh, second show writing it, wasn't he? I believe he was. Because he, he's, a, he's become a prolific screenwriter. He was on Firefly, he was on Angel, uh, Supernatural, Revolution, and Gotham. But we and won't. the first
0: guy who played... See,
2: see how it just, like, crashed, uh, crashed <laughs> after
0: that? And the first guy, the act, uh, Patrick Warburton, who played the Tick in the first live-action series, was the producer of the second live-action series.
1: Oh, that's neat.
2: Yeah, he was a much uh, better Tick, though.
0: He was a way better Tick than what's... He was on. a great Tick. A better I mean, Arthur I mean, the second time around, but that's... yeah. I mean, yeah, Patrick Warburton was nigh-on perfect. He was the Tick. In, in the suit. <laughs> And his voice and everything, his mannerisms, and they just needed better writing in that first series. And
2: So one of the things I liked about Warburton, uh, what's his last name?
0: Warburton. Warburton.
2: Warburton as the Tick is that he he viewed the Tick as having brain damage, and so everything was new to him. Which is why he was excited, like he could get excited about anything, because it was, it was like Stop. his first first time seeing it, right? So that's how he played the character, and I like that's a great way to view the tick, because we don't know from the tick's backstory. Uh, I mean, it kind of changes from the different medium, you know, whether it's the comic book or the TV show or the cartoon. We're not really sure where he really gets his powers from. Is he an alien? Who knows? All we know is that he's probably an escaped mental patient, right? (laughs) That's that's the common theme. The common theme. He he has no idea who he was before he was the Tick, and then he's the Tick.
1: And the few times he does attempt an alter ego are hilarious.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he does a little Kent parody in the comic books where he Mm -hmm. works at the paper.
4: Yeah, it's it's pretty much undercover (laughs) elephant. He outs. He tries to out Clark Oppenheimer.
3: Yeah, well, he thinks his tie is hypnotic. Yeah. (laughs) he thinks the tie is the key. He's just in his suit wearing the tie. You mean my tie is not hypnotic?
0: (laughs) Watch at like I was watching Seinfeld before the Tick series came out, and Warburton was there as what's her name's boyfriend at one point putty thank -hmm. you and putty just gets a uh this jacket and it's like the worst like leather mishmash jacket and on the back is an eight ball right from uh, from a pool table and he just stops and he's like eight ball ball. and i'm like (laughs) that guy's the (laughs) tech like i don't know what he's doing right now but it's the tick. Like I don't know. I don't know what they asked of him. I don't know if he was cognizant of it. But clearly, that entire episode, I was like, "What the fuck is going on? That guy's the tick."
1: You're wrong. That was eight ball. Eight ball.
0: Eight ball. Eight
1: ball. <laughs> <laughs> fucking brilliant. Oh uh, man, I gotta go back and watch these cartoons now. That I know it's on Prime. I got Prime.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, I know what I'm doing tonight. Tongue, tongue. Tongue, tongue. He
1: has but one tongue, but he must taste everything.
2: (laughs) So if our listeners aren't familiar with the tech, which I don't know how, but there's a possibility, uh, the comic book is fairly hard to find because it wasn't produced by DC Comics or Marvel Comics. It was literally produced by a comic book shop. Uh, New England Comics, uh, which they had several locations. I don't know if they still do or not, Uh, um, but I knew that when I would go visit you guys in Boston, one of my favorite parts of visiting was being able to go to New England Comics in Cambridge.
0: Are they still open? I didn't know. Well, I mean, pre-pandemic, they had several
4: different stores.
0: Really? So uh, I don't there.
4: They had one in uh, uh, in Harvard Square, and they had one on in Brighton-Alston. There's um, one in Quincy, and there's one in
1: Norwood. New England Comics. There's one in Quincy. Yeah. My God, bookstore!
0: It's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Brockton, so Quincy, Brockline,
2: yeah. Brockline, Alden, Brooklyn. New Bedford. I don't, okay. I don't
1: have my All glasses. Okay. I have my glasses on. It's the glasses. Okay, I'll give it to you.
2: All right, hold, let me hold my phone back a little yeah, further. Because... I can
1: tell on you line, what it says. Rockton,
0: Malden, Quincy, and New Bedford. Yeah.
1: yeah the, the Quincy last, one's uh...
0: good, but the, the service
1: here is terrible. Just awful. That's why I never mention it. I always mention my other comfort shops.
2: Uh,
1: the guys just don't care. <laughs> you know. I think he owns the place, too. Terrible.
4: <laughs> I was going to say, the uh, the trade paperback lists that it was uh, printed out of Quincy. Yeah. So that so might be the first store.
1: So let's talk a little bit about the fact that, uh, as far as non-DC and Marvel, this was one of the first big breakout independent comics uh, to really make it. Uh, I mean, there were more before that. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles absolutely predates the tick, right?
4: Yeah, and yeah. also Cerebus yeah, yeah. yeah. and ElfQuest. Yeah, but, but but
1: i I would argue that Cerebus no quest though terrific uh never hit that uh, mainstream potential that the tick got
4: right I mean they they never they never mm. broke out into other mediums
1: yeah I mean I love Cerebus. only cop of nerds know Cerebus. but you know frat boys probably watch the tick like everybody watched the tick
2: <laughs> <laughs> well everybody our age
1: I mean every our age. the
4: tick <laughs> did have uh, like a fast food, uh, Happy Meal type toys.
3: Yeah. Well, they had a they had an action figure line too.
1: Yeah. I think gonna talk about that. <laughs> How many action? Who did the action figure, Stacey?
3: Um. So they did, and I can't remember who did these, but they did like some little, just static, like mini statues. Um, but the action figure line was put out by Bandai uh, about 1995. Um, they did, uh, well, I can tell you which ones I have. I have American Maid. I have Dinosaur Neal. And uh, one of my favorite characters we haven't talked about yet, um, Man Eating Cow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're super fun. Um, I, I have American Maid right here. She's got uh, karate chop action. Uh, so, um yeah, they're they're uh not I, I wouldn't say they're super hard to find, but uh they're they're fun when you see them like at a, a show uh on card because you don't see them that often. And they're they're pretty decent toys. I mean the man eating cow has like a foot hanging out of her mouth that you pull and her mouth opens wider. Like they all have fun action features. <laughs> they're awesome.
2: Uh, why do you like man-eating cow
3: because she's she eats she eats men and it's (laughs) you know and she she like i just like the whole thing of where like you think oh no she's a villain because she eats uh she eats men but then the tick decides she's a hero because she eats a supervillain and (laughs) it's like oh you're heroic (laughs) so yeah i don't know It's a fun premise.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is a fun premise. I'm with you, Stacey. That's. that's Cows turning the tables is always fun. Exactly. Damn right. All right. um, So we talked a little bit about villains, sidekicks. uh, Now, major story arcs. That's going to be tough.
2: Yeah. I mean, I liked his uh, Christmas special. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, there's. I mean, I don't know about storylines, especially even in the comics. Like, he he had a bunch of limited series like Looney Bin and that kind of stuff. But I don't know if I would call any of those a major storyline for The Tick because whatever happened may continue in continuity, may not. It doesn't really matter for The Tick. Every, Every issue you pick up of The Tick, it could be your first issue and you'll be fine with it. Okay, I get the idea.
1: That was kind of my point. I don't remember there being a lot of continuity. I mean there's there were I was always happy when I saw Tung Pong show up somewhere. And I like seeing ninjas all the time.
0: Well, uh, in the Amazon Prime series they tried to do like an actual arc, right? With yeah. the terror being like sort of the the main focus and his uh, sub commanders sort of taking over and whatnot, but the that series was, it was, it was difficult. Like it, I thought it was okay. It wasn't great. But after seeing Warburton as the tick, watching what's his name as the tick was not, uh, Peter. Oh, that's a tough last name. S- Finowich, I'm going to go with Serafinowich. Sure. why not? Like, uh, like, Peter I've Serafinowich. So uh, <laughs> Like he he's like he's been funny in stuff and I've liked him, uh, but he he just didn't embody what I wanted to see out of the tick. He was okay. The kid who played Arthur was fantastic. Some of the supporting cast was pretty good. The sub sort of the subplot with the superian, like the Superman-like character, was terrible. Um, I love Jackie Earl Haley as the terror. Uh, I mean, Jackie Earl Harley is just, he's, that that dude is crazy. And, uh, <laughs> man, when, when he plays characters, you're like, yeah, that dude's crazy. Like, he's got a thing, and that's his thing, and I'm all in on it. But it's just, uh, uh, I, the other thing I did kind of like was, uh, Toadik was Danger Boat, was actually just the boat. Yeah. The guy's boat. Like, he was a boat. <laughs> he's a boat. He's there a droid. Did. He's a boat. He's danger boat. Not just a just a boat. He's danger boat. He's danger boat. But uh yeah, it just it just didn't quite make it there. And the writing might have been a little better, but it just wasn't it just didn't have the the feel that I was I wanted out of that out of that show, I guess.
2: Well, it has a different feel than what the cartoon did, which the cartoon was just pure joy. Yes. Right? Yeah. You could watch, yeah. it was a parody from beginning to end, and everything about it was just fun. And, you know, there was no special episode of the tick where he's going to tackle child molestation or anything like that. Yeah, that yeah. is not going to happen. <laughs>
3: That's not going to happen. Thank goodness. Um,
2: yeah. You just know you're going to turn on the tick and you're going to have 22 minutes of just entertainment where you don't have to really pay attention. There's not going to be anything too deep, but it's going to be fun.
0: Yeah, and we're that's let what Tom the robot take the child molestation thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. They fight the power, fight back. <laughs> for those I of you who don't out.
2: who don't I know what, what we're out. referring to, go to our Patreon. To yeah, yeah, go yeah. to our Patreon dot com slash the long box guys for our Geek Leak, so you can find out all about Tom's child molesting robot.
0: <laughs> so yeah, so <laughs> oh, it sounds less worse than what i just said a little bit maybe a little you bit could, yeah get in there it's, a dollar. it's a, dollar. a dollar a dollar a dollar clarifies all of this cleans all this shit up dude. yeah get in there. he's yeah. not
2: the monster that we're making him seem to be if you just <coughs> you spend a dollar, and a dollar.
0: We'll <laughs> yeah and all and that
1: all, the,
2: all that the, money the, goes like, to the uh, food bank where t- that tom yeah. actually runs
1: yeah because I'm trying to balance the karma?
3: When he's not building his robot. When I'm not yeah. building my robot.
1: Uh,
3: once again. Yep. Building. It's robot. Building. <laughs>
1: uh, all right. I think that'll bring it's up just a the Simon with a blowhole. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, but you got to get the colors just right. Blue, Mom. red, blue, yellow, blue. I like to make it do a little song. Let's <laughs> I, I do a it. podcast. any last words on the text my friends friends things.
0: friends friends, Friends. Uh, just a great character so entertaining through so much media I'm sort of disappointed that uh, Prime is going to let that die on the vine and we're just going to have to wait for somebody else to pick up the mantle and I hope somebody picks up the mantle again and does it well yeah, I'd really too. like to
4: see
1: it a cartoon. Yeah. Or, or I, I'm more in the mood for a uh, cartoon than another live action. Yeah.
2: And the comics, mm-hmm. are though they're hard to find, they're not expensive. you true. It's true. You, you, yeah. can,
1: it
4: true. you, can, you all, can get them in trades. Yeah. That's then, one of the reasons why... I, they're not they're not available digitally anywhere, I don't think. And that's one of the reasons
2: I, I like to go into New England comics is because I could always find copies of The Tick that I didn't own.
1: Yeah. I, I'd like to point out for our listeners out there that uh, Mike said that one of his favorite reasons for visiting out here when he came to visit us was going to New England Comics. Uh, so that mm-hmm. includes visiting us and his family. So it was way up there. <laughs>
0: yeah, it, I say it, give the Tick and Morty to the uh, – uh, give a Tick to the Rick and Morty uh, cast and crew and uh, let, uh, them, uh, let yeah. them revive it. I'm all in on that.
1: See that? I would like that style of animation for it, but that sense of. No, not the
0: animation style, but let's. Uh, yeah, let's get the writers in there. Do some damage. I am with you.
1: Hey, man, this is Kevin Smith, uh, Silent Bob from all those Terrible Jane, Silent Bob type pictures, and you are listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box Comics Talk for comics fans. All right, I guess that brings us to the front of the long box. Mikey, what do you got the front of the long box for me?
2: At the front of the long box, I'm going to revisit a series that I recommended previously because. I had bought the first couple issues, really enjoyed it, recommended it, but I haven't read the whole series because I was waiting for it to finish. It was a 12-issue maxi-series starring the first lady of comic books, Lois Lane. Lois Lane has only had three comic book series, uh, even though she is the oldest female characters in superhero comics. And it is a shame. Her first series lasted quite a while, Superman's... Girlfriend, Lois Lane, was horrible. However, I've been collecting the shit out of that comic because of the (laughs) covers (laughs) are so crazy amazing. Um, And the second series was only a two-issue limited series, but the third series, uh, 12-issue maxi-series, written by Greg Ruckett. It has the disadvantage of having to tie in all the other shit that Brian Michael Bendis was doing to Superman at the time. So he has to discuss, like, for example, in the middle of his miniseries, he has to discuss the events of Leviathan, uh, where all of the uh, uh, Lois Lane's father, spoiler, Lois Lane's father dies in Event Leviathan. And so Rucka has to spend one issue of his series to address how Lois is dealing with it. But it is so Goddamn beautiful. The artwork is amazing. And what they are able to do is at the funeral, General Lane is getting full military service. They go over to hand the flag to Lois. She can't fucking handle it. Oh, she's, she's crying and it's so sad. And Clark, she just looks at him. And he steps right in to save her oh it 's so beautiful <laughs> this,
4: is, this is bringing you back to your dad's ceremony isn't it Mike.
2: Uh, it may have a little <laughs> That's okay. a <laughs> it may have, have a little Clark crossover, years. but the fact that Clark can save Lois in other ways other than just saving her from jumping off you know from falling from a building or from getting shot makes the story so beautiful because she doesn't want fucking Clark in her life, constantly saving her. She's uh, very independent. And Rucka does a great job of this. And also fucking the question Renee Montoya is hired by Lois Lane as kind of her assistant because there's shit that Renee Montoya can do that Lois Lane cannot do. And (laughs) when she needs information, she hires the question to go get the answers and ask no, the right that's questions.
1: That's not a bad first number to dial.
2: And I will say this about it. One of my favorite things in the whole series was at one point, Renee Montoya and Superman have a conversation and she quotes something. And he, Superman says, I don't get the reference. She goes, it's from a TV show, Letter Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Oh wow!" I've, 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 I don't know. I'm not familiar with that show. She's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't be. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, I recommend you go check out Lois Lane. It's available in graphic novel form. Uh, I'm sure if you have the DC Infinite, you can read it all there. And that's how I'd recommend you uh, going and check it out. Greg Rucka is a fucking genius writer. Uh, Everything he does is brilliant. And this is just another example.
1: All right, that's a great recommendation. I'm going to go get that. I agree with you 100%, by the way, when it comes to uh, those old Lois Lane uh, comic books. The covers were terrific. And sometimes, every once in a while, there'd be a a Lois Lane one that would hit it out of the park. And, man, I thought from those old Lois Lane uh, comic books, that quicksand was more of a problem as a kid. I thought it was just more everywhere.
2: (laughs) Lois Lane for an investigative reporter back in the 1960s, sure was on the beach a lot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then... uh, speaking of which, we actually did have to save a woman from quicksand this week here in Boston. The first time I've ever seen it on TV. I'm like, wow. All right. All right. Making a comeback. 2021. You're in quicksand. <laughs> Finally. God Bye. damn it. We have
4: waited. We've waited like like 40 <laughs> years,
1: right? <laughs> For quicksand. Yeah. yeah. So this is one this year. So if you keep the score at home so far, quicksand tried to kill one Bostonian so far this year. Tommy, you know what's going to what be guys...
4: next? It's going to be rattlesnakes. Oh, yeah. They're everywhere. It's going to oh, be yeah. the rattlesnakes because, you know, the 70s, they taught us quicksand and rattlesnakes.
1: Everywhere. Last everywhere. you save us, though. And falling into wells. Maybe Jessica taught us that. LT, what do you have at the back of the long box?
4: Well, you know, sometimes, you know, I, a lot of the time I, I'm, you know, a singer-songwriter or a ska or a surf person in terms of music. But sometimes sorry, you got to per- put on... Surf person? In terms of music, in terms of my listening to music. Kept-
2: Let him continue.
4: <laughs> but sometimes you got to put on the speed metal. Uh-huh. And, and the perfect accompaniment to the speed metal is A Tomahawk by Donny Cates, Ian Betterman, and Taylor Esposito.
2: Ooh, it, you've got my interest with Donnie Cates. Go
4: on. It is it's it's only like forty pages, but is it is the tale of this a tomahawk that that lands on a planet and sort of drives the evolution of the people of that planet. And it is this war, war machine weapon that just sort of drives the evolution. And it is a almost Kirby like artwork that is really the speed metal of comics towards the story. It's, it's something that was originally serialized in the back of Heavy Metal magazine, and it shows. And it just kind of reminds me of sort of late '70s, early '80s sort of hard rock metal. Um, and it's just it's it's a refreshing change every once in a while from your typical comic. Um, and yet, it's it's only like forty pages long, and uh, and it's different from your typical storytelling. It's almost like a tapestry of storytelling. Does heavy metal Does still epic- exist? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I was going to say
2: Donnie Cates is a contemporary writer, so I'm assuming that this is recent. Um,
4: 2017 is when it was released uh, on okay. Image, so it was collected in 2017. Okay. But uh, okay. yeah, nice little like nice little like I said, palette cleanser, if you will,
1: of comic. Well, I'm going to go check this one out. I think, Stace, you have a toy for us today.
3: I do. I mean, other than American-made, um, yeah. So this this is a thing I I started watching on Netflix. Uh, it's an anime called Gretzko. and it's about a <laughs> he, she's I a red what? panda, and she has an office job, and she hates her office job. <laughs> And so to blow off steam, she goes and sings metal at karaoke. So this was put out by the Loyal Subjects. Um, Loyal Subjects does mostly this scale, um, kind of not quite like Funko Pop style, but they have their own style. These are a lot more articulated than Funko Pops, um, but they do all kinds of licenses like They've done Masters of the Universe, they've done Alien, they've done uh, adult animation, like Bob's Burgers, all kinds of stuff. Uh, they've just ventured into uh, more kind of traditional action figures of things like Napoleon Dynamite and Gandalf and Slash uh, from Guns N' Roses. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they're super, super cool, uh, super cool company. I found this at Five Below. Um <laughs> So that was awesome because it was cheap. <laughs> um, but I got a couple from the series, but this one is my favorite because it's her metal face. It uh. is
1: her metal face. If you send us a picture of that, we'll put it up on our Twitter feed. I yeah. like this cartoon. Um, it's not like one of my favorites, but it is entertaining. So she's it like a Japanese office worker, very uh, nice to her fellows. and uh, But when she gets mad or agitated at work, she kind of gets a little metal on sometimes. And uh, she goes out at night and she just screams heavy metal at karaoke bars.
3: Yes. It's fun. I can relate. Yes. I don't. I don't scream metal at karaoke bars, but I do play loud metal music when I'm mad. So,
2: <laughs> so if they want to check out the photo, they can go to at the longbox guys on Twitter. And Stacey, what's your Instagram?
3: It is at geekyvixen.
1: Okay. All right, and that brings us over to tangents. Josh, give us a good tangent today.
0: So today we've been talking about the tick, as uh, if you've been listening to this point. And so the tick, like I said, we all talked about earlier, is sort of a parody of of, of, of things and tropes uh, that we find in comics and turned into comedy. And so I'm going to flip that into film for us here. What are your favorite parody films?
1: There's been a lot of good ones.
2: Uh, Spaceballs is the first one that comes to my mind. Uh, however, I got to say, Shaun of the Dead was such a good parody of zombie movies, it and was. it and it starred the guy who played the Tick in the second <laughs> series. So that's true. It He's all in the around. shower. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. He's the roommate.
1: Mm. Um. Top Secret, I really enjoyed.
0: Oh, uh, that's a good one.
1: That Val, was, was Kilmer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Val, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer's first film.
1: Yeah, that was way back there. And it was really like a Top Gun, like, not Top Gun. Um, uh, oh, yeah, I Top
2: guess. Gun. Spy movie, Elvis Presley. Yeah, yeah.
1: It, was, it was just a crazy amalgamation of uh, a lot of different kinds of things that they were making fun of. Uh, but it was really good. And it was just joke every three seconds. It's really
0: what it was. Really oh, what yeah. it was. It was a joke every three it was seconds. beautiful. I loved. I yeah. That's one of my favorite movies of all time.
1: Well, that alright. I'm glad I said it. <laughs> <Love
0: that. laughs>
3: Um, I I would have to say just because I love the movie Walk the Line, um, Walk Hard, the Dewey <laughs> Cox story. Walk Hard is a good one. <laughs> so stupid, um, but probably my favorite. And again, I I don't know if I would consider this a parody, but I guess it is. Um, what we do in the shadows. That's, that's a great TV show.
0: Yeah, I'll call Yeah, that's definitely a parody of every yeah, yeah. vampire thing ever. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: Tommy, I think I know yours. Sorry. What's yours, buddy?
4: Well, I mean, I really like Spaceballs, but Mike already said it, so I think I'm going to have to go way back and, and say the Get Smart movie.
1: Mm,
3: right.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would have, I would have bet Dollars to Donuts you would have been Spinal Tap, which is definitely my number two. Oh, yeah. Spinal
4: Tap was very good, too. Yeah,
1: Spinal Tap, Tap was, like, really smart parody. It an was. Airplane. And I
4: I really, really love the Stonehenge scene.
1: Oh, my God. Well, you see what you got here is a little Stonehenge. Stonehenge is supposed to be massive. <laughs> it's supposed to be massive. I think
4: I think the danger was that I was going to trip over it.
1: We weren't worried about being crushed by it. You wanna trip over Stonehenge. You see my amp goes up to eleven.
3: <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite songs to put on a Christmas out uh, Christmas playlist is Christmas with the Devil. <laughs>
1: Christmas with the Devil <laughs> Uh, by, uh, they put out, like, four albums. <laughs> it was...
4: Yeah, I've got... I've, up, yeah. I remember having two of the Spinal Tap tapes.
1: I like Teas and Cups. Teas and Cups. Teas and Cups. Please, I want some Teas... It's a great little song.
0: I mean, I love Blazing Saddles. It's a parody of every western. Like, yep. that's, you can't yeah. get You can't yeah. get far without tripping over Blazing Saddle when you're talking about parodies. Uh, Spaceballs is amazing. Yeah,
4: yeah. Even Uh, though Mel Brooks said it was, it was like out of all his films, it was like the one that he liked the least uh, because he wasn't into the he wasn't into the space stuff.
2: What does Mel Brooks know about comedy?
1: Yeah,
4: Yeah. he just wasn't into the sci-fi, right? So, wasn't into that film as much.
1: Uh, I think I also have to just uh, give a quick shout out to Young Frankenstein, another one of my faves.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean anything by Mel Brooks. Every, yeah. Really. Yeah. Every yeah, yeah, yeah. Robin
3: Hood Men in Tights. Yeah, high and anxiety. Doesn't age quite high well. High anxiety. But, you know. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. Yep.
1: All right, that's all good stuff.
2: The all Man right, with did... One Red Shoe. One of Tom Hanks' lesser-known yes. but still phenomenal
1: movies.
0: Still a
3: great movie, and, yeah. And Carrie Fisher. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was good.
1: All good stuff. All right. I think that'll do it for us this week, guys. Everybody feel good?
0: I feel good.
1: Yeah. I feel good. I feel good. I got, like, an optimism good. going that I haven't felt in a while. I'm starting to think about maybe making plans for the end of the summer I'm starting to think that Dodgeball is coming back. It's a nice shirt you got there, Mikey. Uh, is Dodgeball League starting back up in New Orleans yet?
2: It has not started yet. Uh, Stacy, I don't know if you're aware, we have a Dodgeball team.
3: Yeah, we sponsor a Dodgeball team. <laughs> oh, wow. No, I didn't know that.
2: <laughs> yeah. We sponsor a Dodgeball team called Cat5. Yep.
1: Uh, and uh, they actually they made it to the championships here in Boston not too many years back ago. Four years, maybe? Maybe three? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, okay. something like that. Yep,
1: they made it to the championships. We help get them up here. <laughs> That's
2: true. So we're we're hoping for when COVID ends and start stuff comes back to normal that Cat Five will g- be out representing us on the fields of dodgeball. I don't know what it's called.
3: I
0: don't know. <laughs> uh, like, the hard- the hard- of Green Arena. <laughs> the Arena. I don't know. Yeah.
2: It's not it's like not they've ever normal. made a parody movie about dodgeball. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's true. And if you can dodge a wrench. You can dodge, you can
2: dodge a ball. ball. Well, I will, in addition to uh, promoting our buddies over at Cat5, you could also go over to, I don't know, kirbycracklemusic.com and check out Kirby Crackle's music. They provide our geek rock music every week.
1: I love Kirby Crackle. Those guys rock.
2: They do. They do. You know who else I rocks? Who's
1: that?
4: Good folks at GeekOrthodox.com dot com.
3: GeekOrthodox.com dot com.
4: GeekOrthodox dot com.
3: GeekOrthodox dot com.
0: Hello, Tammy.
4: GeekOrthodox dot com prepares fine T shirts and other geeky things, such as Johnny Skywalker rocks glasses, baseball shirts, uh, prints, stained glass. You name it, they got it. T sets.
2: Did you I'm see? taking that up. Did you see the uh, Jimmy Buffett? I
1: did. see the did? Jimmy Buffett.
0: I did. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Ian uh, designed the Jimmy Buffett. Was it a poster? Uh,
0: it's a shirt and a poster, and went into some of their other marketing material. Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm a Jimmy Buffett. I'm a, par- I'm a bit of a parrot I think the only parrot on the uh, on our little uh, show here. But oh no. Uh, <laughs> oh really? All right. Oh yeah. So uh, we're planning a stay at Margaritaville in uh, Knoxville uh, in uh, June or July, if everything's lifted. So I hope to see you there. And then we're going to Dollywood. So, well, you're going because your wife already says she wants to go. So you're already, you're already in.
2: It depends on if she gets the COVID vaccine or not. By That's then. a good point. I have received both shots, by the way.
1: Yay! Yay! my second shot!
4: Yay!
1: We're so, the lifeboat as we're skimming around in the surf. Yay! <laughs> Josh made a face with X. He had to think about the <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, yeah. Wait, what? Oh, Wait, what?
3: No, what? oh, yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah,
0: Gotcha.
1: Uh, and uh, don't also forget, uh, we already mentioned it real quick, but don't forget to uh, subscribe to our Patreon page for just a dollar a week. You too can listen to an extra uh, podcast every week. Our Twitter feed, at the Longbox Guys, always a lot of fun dollar a month, isn't it? Dollar a month, that's what I meant to say. Dollar a month. Thank you, Tommy, for that uh, uh, timely question. And so cheap, and every dollar does go to the Elizabeth Peabody Food Bank, uh, feeding uh, almost 200 families every week now. Uh, The need is great, and uh, we're happy to uh, be able to help sponsor them. All right. Uh, I guess that's pretty much it. Tommy. Sweet, sweet Tommy. What do you got to say? You know... After
4: this past weekend, I, I sometimes feel like we're living in a third-world country.
1: Why? Just because we had uh, someone trying to overthrow the government, and then we said, meh? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Josh, the White House, the insurrection, was that your sector?
0: Uh, no, it's not my sector. Please don't come to my house looking for anybody who was there and everybody <laughs> who was there. Uh, I hope you're tracked down by the FBI and the federal police and, and arrested because, you know, you uh, – yeah, you deserve it. Your, your, your guns
1: brother guns. just didn't have gas money. That's the only thing that saved his stupid ass. <laughs> he just didn't have the gas money to get down to Washington. <laughs>
0: I have no comment.
1: No, no comment. Stacy, sweet, sweet, Stacy. Anything to yeah. add?
3: Uh, yeah. So just because it's been almost a year since lockdown started, COVID's not over. Wear your mask. Don't be a dick.
1: Wear your mask. Don't be a dick. Couldn't. Good good sentiment, my friend. And don't forget what I say. Uh don't just what you hate, just promote what you love and you're gonna live a lot longer. Thank you so much for the log box guys.
0: Bye bye. Love you, bye bye.
2: Oh, by the way, if you guys are wondering, the number is five. The question is, how many times has the cat unplugged my computer without me knowing it while I've been working (laughs) on editing our
1: podcast? Oh, I'm glad we now know.